Do you want to level up your life, business, and communication? Hey, Summit Chasers, welcome back to Voices of Impact, the podcast where you learn strategies that elevate your influence and impact. In today's episode, we're diving into the fascinating intersection of neuroscience and interactive gaming with none other than Liam McDonough. As a neuroscientist turned entrepreneur, Liam is the visionary founder and CEO of Anamori Games. Together, we'll explore Liam's unconventional journey from drug addiction to the lab to the gaming world and uncover three techniques that will transform your life, enhance your relationships, and improve your communication skills. Plus, we'll get an insider look at the mission driving Anamori Games and how it's reshaping the future of interactive experiences. Prepare to level up in more ways than one. Let's get started. Hey, Liam, how are you doing today? Good. I'm excited to be here. Thank you, Audrina. I'm so excited to have you here. So before we dive into the work that you're doing with Animore Games, which is incredible, by the way, and I cannot wait for us to talk about it, but tell us a little bit about your background. I am a neuroscientist that felt it is easier to learn through games than many other mediums. And so my, my background is initially in understanding the brain. Um, to, to, to get very technical, it's cognitive behavioral neuroscience with a specialization on electrophysiology <laughs> for, for what that actually means is just the way your brain lights up when you choose to do things. That's it. I studied mostly the eyes. So your, your eyes, whether it's like your iris or your pupils can actually give you a lot of information about how someone's brain is doing and then a lot of like biological systems so and for many neuroscientists like a lot of them will say i studied the eyes just because it's like it's like 70 percent of your brain is 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 focused on eyes compared to like other parts of like other stimuli so i created games that were intended to help with recovery with uh from traumatic brain injury in children so i worked in children's hospitals where we basically used eye trackers to um as the controllers. Uh you may have seen before there's there's they're called Toby eye trackers, but basically they just show where your eyes are on the screen. And a lot of the kids would be in like a vegetative state. So if you know you are locked in, right, and you can't do much more than this, can't use your hands. <laughs> so you can't yeah. you can't use a keyboard, you can't use a um touchpad or something like this. That project was absolutely incredible. Uh, It was for a very select audience. And I noticed there's a huge amount of discouragement in the world at the moment. So I felt that I had completed my chapter with specifically diagnosing or like supporting people after traumatic brain injury with video games. And I wanted to make something that could reach even more people, right? Um, specifically helping with something called social emotional learning, or basically just like how to be human, like how to be empathetic and how to care about people. I would say, uh, so a little bit more about my background. I was a, uh, I would say fairly lost. So I've, I had a lot of highs and lows. I used to be one of the the top rowers in, in North America. So I was, I was a very strong athlete growing up. <laughs> I was like just inching into that kind of high echelon of, of people. Yeah, I mean, I, I abuse drugs, uh, and I've been sober for God, like almost a decade at this point. But that's awesome. Thank you. My so I realized what I wanted to do with my life is allow people to have an easier path to understanding themselves to the extent to which that they don't maybe need to use drugs as much as I did. I mean, I went down a really crappy path, but if people can gain the skills that they need to f- feel fulfilled in other ways, then that's what I want to do. It went down neuroscience into uh, specifically brain trauma, right? TBI, traumatic brain injury, into now teaching more generalized techniques to understand how we feel better and how to interact in situations. So that's quite the transition going from being a top rower to getting into drugs to then becoming a neuroscience and building your own game. What was that pivotal moment that led you to go from the drugs into neuroscience. I mean, I would say rock bottom. 
<laughs> to tell you the truth, it's, yeah. it's rock freaking bottom. I, I feel thankful. Rowing, you, you learn a certain level of grit. A perfect race is like you pass out at the end of it. Like, like, like that is like you finish your final stroke and like you pass out. Like, Jeez. so, I mean, it's such a nutty, it's a, it is such a nutty sport. I, I was trained by um, Soviet paratroopers. So that, that was my, my coach. Wow. So in the last like quarter, like the sprint of the race, your body needs the oxygen more than your brain. So what will happen is your, your vision will tunnel. You'll get tunnel vision and everything will turn more and more black until you're just in darkness. Oh. Uh, in terms of like how it affects your, your body, it's, it's pretty extreme, right? At, right. at that, at that level. Now right. I do it watching gaming YouTube videos or, <laughs> or, or watching Netflix on the, on the rowing machine. So I don't, I don't take it to that level. Right. Um, and I would recommend actually doing it the way that I'm doing it now <laughs> compared right. to pushing yeah. that edge. I learned grit through that, which I'm thankful for, uh, even through, I would say destroying my life with drugs. I had enough self-confidence that I could make it through that period of time where even if I was absolutely depressed and like total like loss of con like control of thoughts, I would say, where you're just like, m like morbidly anxious, right? For, for, for years after that type of drug abuse, I had enough consistency to make it through. So, so to answer the question, you know, hitting rock bottom and, and not wanting other people to be in that place yeah um so talking one thing that i want to learn from you actually is yeah, sure. in regards to neuroscience um sure. what are some of the things as i'm sure that there's so so much but what are some of the let's say three things that you learned from being involved in neuroscience and, mm -hmm. and learning about it and working on it that have made the biggest change in how you approach life sure the first thing is just meditate. That I was skeptical around meditation. And then I like read the, like, there's like just incredible science around meditation and what it does for you. I've been meditating for like almost 10 years now for anywhere from 10 minutes a day to like, let's call it like an hour per day. What happens over time is just so dramatically beneficial for your your personal experience of the world i went from someone who was like deathly anxious right like i would like harp like like ruminate or, or like think about something again and again and again like that would be like the only so i thought i was super gay that that's that's i i thought i was gay i i've and being gay is really okay I think actually it's, look, I lived in California for many years. It, it is, it was actually not, it was, it was, it was uncool to not be gay. Right. So I, I lived there too. So I got it. Yeah. <laughs> and my rumination was like, oh, I'm, I'm gay. Right. Because I had one guy be interested in me for like 30 seconds at a party once. So I ruminated on that for years. It's the only thought I had. So. To go from that, and I really want to stress, being gay is great, right? Being gay is great. Very good. Very good. If you like, if you're a boy and you like boys, hallelujah. Good. Or a girl who likes girls, that is great. Be so I went from having literally a single thought, right? Meditating, right? Learning to meditate. And going from that, you pretty much stop thinking. You, you really, you are just in such a place of all of those intrusive thoughts or anything that you're thinking about. This is not like a cure-all, but my experience is you really only think about the things that you care about. And when you're resting or you're, you're not like actively pursuing something, you'll just get these like flashes of like powerful thoughts of your next steps while you're resting. So it's like your sleep gets better your awake gets better, like just across the board, you from like the neuroscience perspective. So there's different uh, brain states, there's different um, how fast your brain oscillates. So if you think about like energy, right, it can be kind of like a, and these are these are sine curves, right? So so they just kind of go from top to bottom, let's say of a graph. If you're like really anxious, right, you're, you're really angry or something, your cortisol is high, right, your brain is doing this. When you meditate and you take deep breaths, it goes like this. You are m most typically, a lot of literature will point to when you are oscillating in an alpha state, you are most productive and most happy.
generally speaking. There's crazy high brain states, but for the most part, like alpha is kind of a... When you meditate, you just are in the alpha state much more. Where you are happy, productive, calm, clear-headed, not foggy, well-rested. If closing my eyes for 10 minutes, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. like, what, what is like, what are we asking for here? 10 minutes of closing your eyes yeah. instead of being on your phone for four hours. Right. right. Do four phone for three hours and 50 minutes. So that would be number one. So <laughs> and then I'll give you two more. Number one. Yeah. Give me two more. I love that. Uh, visualization. What it does is if you visualize a task before you do it, right? Oftentimes it can help with anxiety. That's my experience. Um, if you visualize something from like a neuroscience perspective, the same part of your brain that lights up when you're looking at something will still light up. So you'll have a lot of the same experiences as if it's actually happening. Not 100%, but it plays a role. Especially the more you do it, the better you get at it. An example is sometimes people will imagine a sunrise, right? Say you close your eyes, you imagine a sunrise. The more that you choose to experience that, right? The more, say every day I wake up and I choose to visualize the sunrise, maybe it means something meaningful to me. Um, what will actually happen in your brain is you will, it will act as if it is seeing that sunrise and that'll become more and more clear and polished over time. How this applies in real life or like business and life is things are scary, especially if we haven't done it before. Literally, if you, if there's a big wall of fear, um, in my life, what I will do is I'll just visualize. So like, what is just the thing that I'm scared of? It's writing an email, let's say. Right. I'm scared about writing this email because I, I have fear of rejection and I, I need approval from this person. And if I don't, then maybe I don't get the deal. And that's really scary. And, but every minute that I don't do it, I'm actually getting closer to not getting the deal because I know that immediacy is important. So now I'm in this kind of hard spot. Literally just visualizing sitting down at the computer. I, I'm, I'm visualizing me sitting here, visualizing the experience of pulling up Gmail, right? Not sponsored. <laughs> uh, Gmail, type in the person's name. I type the email. I don't need to see any words in this visualization, but you're literally just going through the motions. Try it for yourself. For me, it clears a lot of fear, right? A lot of fear and helps me. So visualization is number two. I will jump in on visualization. I used to do that all the time before I would compete. So I was a professional hmm. ballroom and Latin American dancer. My and... wife is a professional ballroom and Latin American dancer. No way. Yeah. That's yeah, she's so training. Cool. She's training outside of New York City right now. Yeah. Oh, that's literally so right cool. now. What yeah. style does she compete in? Smooth. Okay, I used to do um, Latin. I I did a little bit of everything, but I kind of finished in Latin. Um, did smooth for a bit. Did rhythm for a little while. But mm -hmm. yeah, that's wild. And I stopped. So cool. I know. I I didn't actually get to compete professionally, which sucks because I had a knee injury that took me out. Okay. But prior to that, I was training with my partner and we were so, so close to competing. And then it was game over for me. But yeah, as all throughout a kid, because I started when I was eight years old, I used to, before I used to compete, especially when I got into my teens, I would sit in the hallway of whatever hotel we were at competing and just visualize myself going through my choreography mm -hmm. all of the time. Before I realized what visualization was. I was already doing it and I've continued to do it. And then something that I actually just learned about at a conference that we went to back in October is the power of visual visualization to reframe trauma, actually. Mm -hmm. And almost being able to, in your mind, picture an event or a person or whatever it might have been. And reframing it in your mind and the impact that can, that can have to allow you to actually release it. So we, we went through this whole process of identifying what that moment was for us because we have all been through things that, that trigger us, right, or that we've <clears throat> held on to from childhood or young adult. And truly, it was like creating this movie in your brain, seeing yourself go through the thing or seeing yourself see the person but then pushing them further and further and further away and taking it from color and turning it to black and white and then applying maybe an animal head to their body so that you didn't mm -hmm. see them anymore. And it was this whole practice and truly like it sounds so wild to like sit here and try to explain it, but sure. it had such a huge impact on, and I watched many people go through the experience of doing this and 
the thing that was absolutely terrifying to them or that hurt them to their core or that they would be in tears just maybe mentioning somebody's name or talking about this event, at the end of that process, they were almost laughing or they Mm -hmm. couldn't recall the feeling that they had that they used to get because of that visualization practice. So visualization is so, so huge and can just be an absolute game changer if you practice it and get really, really good at it, both to manifest what you want in your future, but then also to help you push past those experiences that we sometimes relive in our brains over and over again. You're already a master. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know about that. Yeah. I don't know about that. We're working on it. All right. What is number three? Sure. This technique is really good to help with conflict resolution. Have you ever been in conflict at all in your life? Interesting. Me too. We have that in common. Humans have something called uh, mirror neurons. Basically, it's like monkey see, monkey do. When you do something, um, actually, a part of me experiences it as if that were my body. Uh, interesting kind of side note. There's a lot of theories around like why autism, people may have a little bit more trouble communicating and socializing with autism. And it often links back to mirror neurons not working the same way. So there's a lot of, so why does this matter? Well, in conflict resolution, oftentimes, say someone's really angry, right? Say you're, you're talking to a, your partner and gosh, they're just so angry. Say you're talking to a client and they're really angry right about some some surface even if it's not your fault at all right but they're selling what many people try to do is they try to go to the opposite feeling right and hoping that someone else is going to kind of go there with them so like maybe someone's really angry right and the reaction for for many people is i'm going to be calm right i'm the calm one oh my gosh they're, they're the crazy angry one i'm the calm one right like wow this does not matter as much to me as it does to them, or at least the way I think I, this matters a lot to me and the way I'm going to handle it is being calm. Um, something that might be valuable to consider is if I'm doing the opposite of them, right? Maybe a part of me is saying, or sometimes there's a lot of value in mirroring the emotion that someone else is having compared to being the antagonist or the polar opposite. So because I think I heard Alex Ramosi say this at one point, um, he goes, you know, there's only one person, only one person can be in the angry boat at one time. So, you know, if you up the ante on the anger, right. And you're not angry. You're angry at the same thing that they are, right. Mm -hmm. You're not, you're not pointing, you're not like pointing a finger back at them. But you're pointing a finger at the same thing, but like you're the loudest person in the room, right? So like example is say um, a ballroom teacher messes up, right? They they are late to their lesson and they really shouldn't have been and I still need to pay this money and my wife is really upset. Like I could be, mm, I'm calm and stoic. This doesn't bother me because nothing bothers me and nothing in the world matters and and that's life. Right. And it's, oh my gosh, this bothers the subtle implication there is, oh, this bothers you. Whoa. What's going on there? Whoa, that's something you need to look at in yourself. Right. Even if you don't say it. Another way to handle that is, I'm so angry at him. I think we should fire him. I think we should fire him right now. I'm going to go down to the studio right now and I'm going to fire him because you, you deserve better. This is unheard of. I'm going to slam the door. I'm going to throw, maybe don't throw the desk. Right. But, I'm so fucking angry on your behalf. This is outrageous. And I'm going to, these are the things I'm going to do right now. You're mirroring so, invalidating so deeply the anger they have inside of themselves that what happens often, in my experience, is instead of someone agreeing with you, instead of them going, yeah, right, like you're right and let's go down there and fire him, they'll actually step back because they've been validated so deeply. So instead of you're now in the angry boat, they're not in the angry boat. They go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, it's, I mean, people mess up. I mean, what? Maybe it's his dad, right? Like maybe it was something serious. Like, And suddenly she's now way more empathetic than I am about the situation. So it's, 
I learned this from a, the, the context I, I, was, I learned this was, it was a professor of neuroscience talking about her, her like three-year-old. So instead of saying, stop being angry or stop, da, 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 right? She would like, the kid was sobbing and she'd just like break down sobbing. She'd like, oh my gosh, the juice spilled. Are you serious? The juice spilled. Like, and just really ham it up. Yeah. But, and then after you do that and you actually hook in, wow, this person sees me for who I truly am, then you can shift gears. So something to consider. Maybe on lower stakes things to start because it's a little scary and different, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's so interesting. I immediately just thought about ways that I can use that with our little ones because <laughs> sometimes, you know, they get real angry over some little things. I'm like, is it really that big of a deal? But that's so it's such an interesting way to think about it of like, let me mirror and see if I can kind of over exaggerate to them. And then yeah. they're like, Oh, it's not that big of a deal. So I really like that. Mom, you're yeah. crazy. What? <laughs> right. What the heck? Right. That's, or stepmom in this case. Yeah. So interesting to, to try out. I think I would probably start there because it could be, I don't know, less of a risk than yeah, it's lower to stakes. Do it. Like client facing, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's lower stakes. Yeah, it's yeah. lower stakes. That's that's so so helpful though. So the three were meditation, visualization, and then mirroring. Is that the right way to say the third one? Yeah, I would say mirroring, mirroring, okay. and then it's so powerful that you said mirroring specifically because mirroring is like the bread and butter like couples therapy technique that i use pretty much in every situation the way it's taught is i heard you say that's interesting is there more it's like i'm just i'm just active listening with you right like i i just heard you say it's interesting and i care so much about you that i'm going to repeat back to you exactly what i heard you say audrina i heard you say that's interesting is there more yeah no i love that that like immediately engages you with the person and they realize like you said that they're paying very very close to what you're very close attention to what you're saying and immediately makes you feel like oh they're interested let me let me keep talking i love that yeah yeah i need to learn more about i'm about to get a book is there a book on that do you have any recommendations on on reading that people can do to learn more about (laughs) this it's such a it's such a good question admittedly i don't know (laughs) but what i what i uh what i would say is if you just look up like um mirroring um like on youtube or something you'll probably see it they i can give you the essence of it you want like a power power like a two minute power teaching okay yeah so the way mirroring works um i'll give you the most strict method and then you can use it at any level of this um at any point and you'll still see certain results so the most strict method this is what we would teach couples so my wife is a couples therapist and extremely good at it um Oftentimes when we are in conflict, it is not easy to hear the other person. We have things that we want to say and we're right. So, which is true and valid and good, but we need to make them true and valid and good. Feel that way, right? So, um, someone is in, let's say position A is the mirror. Position B is the mirror-y, right? Person talking, person listening, the listener and the talker. Talker is just talking. Um, When there are breaks in the conversation, when you'd normally give your viewpoint, right? Instead, you mirror back their viewpoint. So what I heard you say, the the more strict you are with it, the in terms of the way you, if you can say verbatim what what you heard them say, it's better. If you have to paraphrase, that's okay too. It's better than ninety nine percent of conversations they've had up until that point. So uh, I'll go through the whole thing and then uh, like we could mirror you you and I for like two two minutes, right? Okay. Really quick, if you're open to it. Um, that goes on for a period of time, right? Then you'll kind of take some time to summarize a little bit. So you'll say, or the, the, the listener, right? We'll say, okay, so if I've got this right, right? Like in essence, then you summarize the things that really stood out to you, what you heard them say. Then you say, what stood out to me most as I listened to you? is blank. You pick one thing or two things that really you feel are valuable and important. You say, knowing this, you must feel blank. So you put yourself in their shoes. And then you say, knowing this, you must feel. And then you, you project onto them what you believe they're feeling. And then you say, uh, you know, actually what came up for me as I listened to you is blank. And then that's when the roles shift. 
So we can do it together. You can tell me about anything you want. Anything you want, but we'll keep it to like two minutes. And then you'll just see it. You get to be the listener or the, the talker. So you just get to relax. You can just tell okay. me whatever you want. I'm trying to think about what I can talk about for two minutes. And if it's not that, it doesn't need to be super serious. It could be like um, what you ate for breakfast. <laughs> what I heard you say is that you're trying to think about what you could talk about for two minutes. Is there more? Literally. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, all right. Um, I'll talk about my morning then. How's that? Sure. That yeah. Like I'd love perfect. to hear about your morning. Tell me more. Okay. Thanks. So uh, this morning, uh, my alarm went off at 6.30. I did hit snooze. I should have gotten up, but I got out of bed finally. I made it to the gym. That is my morning routine. It is Monday, so we don't miss a Monday in, the, in this house. So I was in the gym by about 7.30-ish, did a killer leg workout, got on the treadmill. Normally I would do stairs, but I got on the treadmill today because I didn't feel like doing stairs. And then headed out to the grocery store because I was out of the food that I needed for the week. So I went ahead and did just my weekly shop, came home and got everything put away, got the dogs fed, I got four of them way a door. And then started my day. I went ahead and prepped for our chat today, actually, and got right down to business, started working. I mean, is there more? That's it. That, that That's sums it. up my morning. Fantastic. So in essence, what I heard you say is that you woke up today, um, your alarm went off, you did hit snooze once, um, but you you got up, you went to the gym around 7.30, that's your morning routine. Um, you had a great workout. You went to the, you went and you got some food uh, because you needed to for the morning. And then you got down to business, you got down to work. So you prepped for this interview, like in essence, did I get it? Like yeah. for so you make sense to me. I mean, the part that makes the most sense is that you are in a house where Mondays are mean business. And then here I'm, I'm giving, I'm interjecting a little bit of my viewpoint. So I'm mirroring, but then also validating. You know, I think what stood out to me the most as I listened to you is you're very disciplined, right? So even if you, you hit the, the snooze button once, right? You kept pushing forward. You, you're taking care of a family. You were considering people's needs. You were considering my needs. You were considering kind of the needs of the household. You got a great workout to take care of yourself in the morning. You, you got all the food that the house needed. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Um, knowing this, you must feel probably like there's a lot on your shoulders, but also that you're really stepping up to the challenge. And there's a sense of like gratitude and power in that. Like you're a powerful woman. Okay. So that's how you do it. That was amazing and so helpful. And I just, for anybody who's listening, if you're listening rather than watching on YouTube, if you go over to YouTube and check this out, you'll probably see a difference in how I was feeling. Like as he started validating what I had said, I started smiling and was very engaged in the conversation. And that practice alone, I think is so worth people really diving into and studying because it's going to level up your communication in every aspect, right? It can level up your communication within your relationships, with your children, with your spouse or your partner, in business, with your clients. Like it truly, there was a complete shift in how that conversation went just from you doing that practice. And that was two minutes of us doing it on the absolute fly. So imagine practicing that and building that into the way that you communicate. Thank you for sharing that. That was so, so helpful. Oh, it's totally my pleasure. And it's really the the essence, right? Like you got to feel it. Therefore, it's so much easier to feel transformed, you know? And it's yeah. like, please take it with you. It is like the single, it is the single best way I know to make someone feel good. So it yeah. is like, um, and their name. How about a bonus is... Yes. The favorite word in anybody's dictionary, as you know, if you've you've read the the how to win friends and influence people is our name. So is our name. Yep. Thank you so much, Audrina. Thank you, Leah. <laughs> All right. So shifting gears here, I want to talk to you about Animore and what it is that you guys are working on. So you decided that you were gonna try your best to make that change for other people a little bit easier, right? Or maybe people don't need to hit their rock bottom because there's another outlet or there's a, a way that you can learn to navigate throughout the world and through conversations. Is that kind of how Animore came to be? Yeah, absolutely. That is absolutely correct. Many people may feel the need to learn through experience, right? Mm -hmm. So like I, I was very stubborn and I, I wouldn't listen to people. 
as I was like kind of going down that path. Our goal is to create a product and an experience that actually allows you to feel the change as opposed to just being told. Like we don't need to make another like mom and dad simulator, right? For like the rebellious teen, right? Where it's like, if you don't do it exactly this way, then you're bad. It's like, okay, well, I mean, that's, that's not really going to work. Right. So we're here to create experiences that allow you to want to change yourself for the good of everyone involved. And most importantly, you, you can still be very selfish. You want to feel better. You want to be successful. So how are you doing that through Animore? Sure. So what we do in essence is we create games that use AI, which is not the greatest word. I promise we're on the, we're on the good side. <laughs> we have taught AI to be kind of like pseudo therapists. So within the game itself, you can talk to the characters as if they were your close friends. The characters use the same type of techniques that we use in the healing center. So my, my wife created a healing center or like a, a private healing clinic many years ago. Uh, and now we use the same techniques and like the, for the business side, like the same SOPs and et cetera, we've taught the AI those. So it's kind of like if your best friend had a master's degree in therapy and could actually guide you through very important life decisions, but it still feels like your best friend. That's very cool. I love that idea and that concept. How did you guys actually go about developing that? We have a custom AI model. It has therapeutic teachings. So what is the most likely thing I should say based on what I know, which is therapy as opposed to anything else? So the way that applies to what we are creating is think about you have this kind of big bucket of therapy stuff, right? That every character knows. Every character knows how to be a therapist. Then you have these little buckets of who the characters are. So they have who they know in the world and their memories and the context and who do they like and dislike and what are their hobbies and interests, right? That's in these little buckets. So when you talk to one of the characters, oh, pardon me, and then you have another bucket of everything you've said to the character in the past or what you've done in the world, right? So the AI will basically look at this big bucket of therapy stuff, the littler bucket of who you're talking to, and then the medium-sized bucket of what you've done so far in the world. It says, okay, understanding all of this, and maybe like we give them a, maybe we, we want to tell a specific story. So maybe we give them additional context of like, here's this tiny, tiny bucket of like the actual story we want to tell right here, right now. Looks at all four of these buckets. And then it says, this is my job. You know, this is, this is what I know. These are my memories. This is how I should interact with the person. And we have spent the time to tune that and make that feel good. So it feels like your best friend, right? It doesn't feel like you're in a psychiatry office or like a therapist. And by the way, you need more clonopin, right? It's like, I mean, imagine your best friend or going, did you, did, you know, I think actually you need, you need a higher dose of Xanax. Right. That doesn't feel very good, right? Especially from a fantasy character. So uh, we let go of that type of style of communication, right? Or any diagnosing, because that's not our job, right? But it's, what if I had a best friend that I could say anything to because it's more comfortable and there's not actually implications because it's in this kind of escaped environment and they know, they remember so much about me so they can active listen with me that's very cool. I think the the fact that you guys have found a way to make it feel like you're speaking to your best friend, first of all, how great would it be if all of our best friends had this knowledge about how yeah. to kind of help guide you in the most appropriate way to work through the issues that you're dealing with? That would be fantastic if you could develop that next. <laughs> but <Sure>. um, <laughs> but what a cool way. So when when people are using this game, is this specifically for kids? Because I know that you did a lot of work, like you mentioned, with the kids with the traumatic brain injuries. Um, is this geared towards children or is it is there a certain age range that this is focusing on? For the initial product itself, um, our current roadmap is we're developing for children in school. So children in middle schools are primary demographic, depending on how those contracts lay themselves out. Maybe we scale up a little bit to to high school. But the kind of end goal for something like this is actually to commercialize down the road, where we create it for people um, ages 18 to 24, just for the game itself, 
are like they're the people who are most likely to play the game but gaming is like becoming older and older every year so it's we want to make it as applicable as possible to people ages like 35 to 44 or that's probably how high i see it going realistically just with concerns about ai or etc yeah when they're playing this game and you're talking about it understanding what they've been through is is it like a personal profile or a personal assessment where they're actually creating the person sorry the character mm -hmm. from your own experiences and then it interacts in different situations or is it more of like a made-up situation does that make sense yeah, it's, yeah it totally makes sense and that's a really i'll tell you what we're doing but that's a really good idea and something we we kind of think about on an ongoing basis so you you are like very much thinking about the best ideas which is cool. Oh, cool. <laughs> the yeah, very much so. The the game itself has uh, twenty two main characters, which have like twenty five thousand words of backstory and different stuff, even before any like actual in game scripts are made. The so you're not making a character of like you're basically interacting with those characters as you as a user gotcha. as a person. Got it. Uh, but what we do is. Uh, every time that you interact with any character, we store that information so that you can ultimately get a more personalized experience with the characters. So what's what's use case? So mm -hmm. let's say I'm a parent to, well, I've got two little step kiddos, um, but nice. who is finding this game, using this game? And then what's the benefit? I know you said it. the goal is to teach social emotional intelligence. Oh, uh, learning. So imagine you have someone playing our game. And um, maybe they're really scared about a test coming up. They've got a geography test, seventh grader geography test. And gosh, they, they don't feel like they studied enough. And you could talk to the character in the game and say, hey, I'm just actually really, I, I'm so worried about my math test or part of my geography test about Lithuania. Um, I don't know what to do. Like, do you have any advice for me? Right? Like, what, what should I do here? You don't even have, even have to ask for advice. And the character might go, oh my gosh, I'm really sorry to hear that. Like, that sounds stressful. That is uncomfortable. And it's like the last thing you need to be feeling right before a test. Did you study? No, I was actually just so worried. It was like 2 a.m. last night and I didn't study. I didn't do anything I, I, I should have done. And I, I'm scared that my parents are going to be mad at me and I don't know what to do. Right. And it's like, well, all right, let's, depending on the character, they all have different personalities and they would interact with that situation differently, even if they're all trained on the same therapy material. But they may say, well, here, here's a technique that I actually use because I get scared every day. Like, you're not alone in this. I'm scared. I'm anxious. But when I have something that I know I need to do, this is what I do. And then it may, like, teach a technique there. So now you have someone that's been seen, validated, appreciated, the same way you would have in a therapy session. Oh, by the way, for free, right? As opposed yeah. to $180 an hour. Yep. In, like, a, a real-time situation where the kid might go down a much more destructive habit. Or person, right? Had they not had that experience? That is that is very cool. And something that at least I have not known to exist, right? Like, is this the first of its kind? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there, there's like, certainly in the game context. Like, I mean, right. this, is, this is pretty out there. there. There are therapy AI bots, but before, like, AI got, like, ridiculously big two years ago, um, they were fairly limited. I mean, they're good. It's like, it is like better than nothing, but like you need to be interested in therapy and probably like maybe meditating a little bit. And it's like, okay, I'm going to make this conscious decision to choose to talk to this bot because I believe it's healthy for me, right? And I'm not trying to get sued. I'm not going to say which models these are at, at ETC. I'm thankful for the work they're they're doing, right? But this is just some of the limitations of the bot. Yeah. Like kind of out there. Mm-hmm quite literally going to be a game changer pun intended <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> but i just i think it's so cool because it's it's bridging that gap between therapy a lot of times especially for for men i will say i know i'm yeah. not a man but it's That's a lot okay. harder right for them to want to be vulnerable or to show up to therapy or feel like they might get made fun of and i'm just like looking now into the kid view of it so in order to be able to have access to this game where they're going to learn some of these impactful techniques and just be able to set themselves on a much better path in a game form, which also makes it fun, is going to be huge.
Like, that's so cool. Thank you. Thank you. So, so cool. What have been some of the biggest challenges that you've faced when creating this game? It is hard to trust yourself when you want to do something that is against the norm. Something in your heart that you feel is correct. Maybe you need to take a leap of faith, right? Whether you're starting, for in this case, starting a business, leaving a very stable kind of medical job, right? To pursue something that you feel is life-changing, right? You are constantly sitting in this space of the unknown, right? Which has much higher highs and much lower lows. We had someone who had promised the company lots of money, lots of money. And they said, you need to get certain deliverables finished and the money is guaranteed. We hit those deliverables and they ghosted us. So we spent a lot of our personal money to front that development and needed to scramble because we didn't have enough, right? It was, hey, look, these are the the circumstances of the contract. We had built rapport with our team, right? team at that point was 40 something people and we didn't have the money to pay them because and this person was trustworthy right it's not like this is like some loan shark or someone like kind of someone we we had known for a very long time offering a lot of money which seemingly they could back up based on the way that they chose to show themselves so but we made it through because so that's like a lowest low, right? But like a highest high is like we raised like 200K in like from, we approached 12 different angels. Uh, we had a higher than 50% rate of receiving funds from them in response to this, right? So, hey, you you are on like the feeling of like death store, right? You are out so much a lot of money, <laughs> like a lot yeah. of money. Um, and you need to scramble now. And it's like, okay, you're in the driver's seat. If you crumble here and lose, like so much goes down the drain, right? right. So, uh, but we, we hiked up our boots and we got through it. And I mean, things are just better than ever. I mean, it really like better than ever. Like we raised all the funds we needed. We shifted some things as a result of all the work that we did, you know, after we, we raised the funds, it was like, oh, we were actually, we did like three months of development in a month. Like, that is great. That's awesome, right? LDR is, I'm so thankful for this experience. There are a lot of things that were extremely difficult. <laughs> Continue, there's continuous difficulties. I have a 50 plus task list of the to-dos that go out until, you know, mid next year. And that's okay, right? Because the the bliss of doing what feels like the greatest thing I could do with my life, I mean, that's like nothing beats up. Yeah, absolutely. And that's enough to keep you pushing through those really low lows. But it, it sounds like you were able to find a silver lining within that, right? Like things are going to come up, things are going to throw us off of our path. But you just said that you through that process and not getting those funds you realize that you were able to take three months of development and put it into one month like that's a huge win and a huge takeaway out of that situation so i think it's so important that we recognize when we're in those lows that there's almost always a lesson that we can learn or there's always something that came out of it that we can use to to look at as a positive and shift how we felt about that situation in that moment. I think, you know, finding that silver lining is, um, and almost being grounded in that, that, that optimism is just so, (laughs) it's a necessity because you are doing something crazy. When you start a business, you were doing something crazy. (laughs) So, and I think if it isn't mission driven, it's like for me, or rather if it isn't mission driven, I I imagine it may be a little bit more difficult because absolutely, like, Am I going to like be a child when I need to take care of these children, right? Because if I lose, then, you know, Joe Jacobs in some place in the United States in three years from now, like isn't impacted by the product and can actually make a tremendous shift in their lives, right? Like we can save lives here, but like actually, right? And 
we're not going to get the FDA approval to save lives, <laughs> right? Or, or it's not, it's not, uh, so that's not a claim. Right. But I think we're doing something very special. Yeah, absolutely. And what you said there is so, so key because I, I truly believe that. And with Summit Chasers, we, that's one of the things that we work on companies with is to help them identify, clarify, and create a very, very strong mission that their company can stand on and that their team can unify around because I'm with you. I think if, if your business is not mission driven and it's just to make you money, there's, it's not enough to keep you going. It's not enough to keep you awake till two in the morning or waking up yeah. at 5 a.m. after you've slept for five hours. <laughs> it's just not enough. And not only that, I think a lot of people naturally want to make an impact. They want to leave some sort of legacy behind, whether that be just for their family or larger. So um, I think having a mission and being 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 so clear on what that is is a huge driver for success and for motivation too. What advice would you give to someone looking to go after their own mission that might feel a little bit overwhelmed with where to start? What I would say is find the teacher or if you know it yourself but you're just not like feeling too scared to, to take the first steps write down what it looks like literally a to z like say i'm starting a pottery studio like what are is every single step in the in the most detail possible of creating a pottery studio i don't know but someone does right and if you don't know like are you maybe like 10 minutes of research and like a phone call away from knowing that or finding the person that does? Right. Like probably, like it, most likely. So once that checklist is laid out, like I'm scared every day, but I have a checklist that tells me what I need to do. So I do it. Right. I hate waking up. <laughs> you know what, you know what I do to wake up because I, because what? I dislike waking up so much. What? I have a shock. I have a shock wristwatch, but to wake up, but I got, yeah, I've got like little, little marks here cause it's too strong. And, <laughs> but I got, I got, I got smart. So, you know, just like you may have a new alarm for a couple of days and, and you like it. Right. And then you get rid of it. Right. Because it's off. Oh, just snooze, snooze, snooze. Yeah. The, I figured out like I, I could be tired and I could just like rip it off and then get rid of it. So then I started using tape, but one piece of tape wasn't enough. Because then I'd figure out where how to rip the tape and then fucking rip it off. So now yeah. I have like three to five pieces of tape basically with this shock mechanism. But I wake up every day, right? Because I, I don't like waking up because it's scary. Because the world is scary. Because I have this checklist. I mean, that's an aside, right? But because I have this checklist, I know what I need to do at every step of every day. In reality, these, ta these tasks in business, they're not that hard. I, at least in my experience. So in my experience, they're not hard. Like create a, like, so if I'm doing project management stuff, right? Like create a Trello of like the production asset list. Like as long as I'm not on three hours of sleep, I can probably do it, but I'm scared and I don't want to do it. But if it's right there, it's a lot easier to get it done. If you can literally read instructions and, and it's kind of like a, it's like a, like a Lego set or something, right? Like you just have everything you need to do right in front of you. So. Yeah. So find a mentor. To summarize that, find a mentor, yeah. create a list A to Z. What does it look like when you're working on developing your idea? So you have your mission, you you understand the problem that you want to solve, the people that you want to help, and an idea of how you want to do it. Sit down and write out that list A to Z. What does it look like step by step? If you're unsure, reach out, get help, talk to a mentor, reach out to your network, utilize the people that are in your network that have supported you out throughout your career um and lastly get yourself a shock watch yeah especially, <laughs> especially if you're married and, and you wake up earlier than your spouse and you don't want to wake them up oh my gosh that's a great idea yeah because look my wife doesn't want to be up at like five in the morning oh <laughs> i could have used that i could have used that with zach he used to wake up at 3 45 granted i woke up at 4 30 this okay. is when we lived on the west coast so i was up at 4 30 sure. to go to the gym he was up at like 3.45 to read. Could have killed him because he would snooze like three or four oh, times. Sure. So that yeah. watch would have come in handy. 
<laughs> oh my gosh my yeah we we are on like a similar schedule my my wife and I where it's like yeah. it, not not that early but I mean it's like I just care so much about her right and like sleep yeah. is like literally if there's like three things that you can like dramatically change your life with like sleep is like first and foremost like it is like right. top by a lot so as soon as I'm fucking up her sleep schedule I'm like I'm I'm very I would say emotional even if I cut it off for business or like yeah change things for business I I love her so much so it, yeah. it, 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 it has been a great investment for our mental and, and personal health for sure that's hysterical <laughs> um so Liam as we wrap this up I've got two questions that I love to ask people sure. when you're gone what impact do you want to have made I mean I want to give every part of myself to the world in a way that is useful for others right because when I'm not alive anymore I will interact with the world in a very different way that that's my personal beliefs I won't be embodied right and therefore I need to do everything I can do while I'm here, I'm actually less interested in like the legacy of Liam, to tell you the truth. Like, like I think legacy is a really powerful word, like, but specifically like the onus being like this vessel, right? Like this Liam, this doesn't really matter to me. What does matter is the extent to which I need Liam to be popular so it can make an impact. So like what I'm doing can make an impact. That's my answer. I love that. And then lastly, what summit are you currently chasing? Getting this game watched. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. it can it can help so many freaking people. So getting yeah. this game watched, doing doing whatever it takes to to finish up the contracts with with um either the government or schools or I mean getting this out there. That is amazing. Thank you so much, Liam, for joining me today. I really love this conversation. I learned so much. The people listening are going to learn so so much. I just I appreciate your time and what it is that you are working on building with Animor, and I cannot wait to see the impact that that is going to make once it is live thank you so so much Audrina. i mean really it's it's such a pleasure to talk to you and i really appreciate it and that wraps up another episode of voices of impact thank you so much for joining us today if you found value in our conversation please don't forget to like share and subscribe to our channel for more inspiring stories and actionable advice make sure to hit that notification bell so you never miss an episode also we would love to hear your thoughts and takeaways so please leave us a comment below And remember, no matter where you are on your journey, you have the power to climb higher and chase your summit. Until next time, Summit Chasers, keep pushing forward and stay inspired.